Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm so excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we discuss photography, building a business, and still having a life through it all. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. And now, let's dive into conversation. I'm here with my friend, and I, I'm excited to call you a friend. We haven't actually, I don't think, met in person before today, but there with my friend it. Petronella. And tell us how to pronounce your last name. I was in your workshop yesterday, and you walked everybody through how to pronounce your last name. How do oh, you do great question. Yeah. So it's pretty phonetic. It's Lou Gemwa. Lou Gemwa. Perfect. So, yeah. Now, how can we find, I normally talk about this at the very end, but how can we find your Instagram account online? Because I know our listeners are going to want to see your work. We're going to dive into what oh, you do here good. in just a little bit, but what is your Instagram account? So Instagram, really simple, at by Petronella, B-Y-P-E-T-R-O-N-E-L-L-A. Perfect. So yeah. as, as they're listening along to our conversation, they're going to be able to scroll through and look at some of this work, this beautiful Yay. work, by the way, <laughs> Thank you. Um, that you've created. But you had a really interesting childhood. Um, fascinating. Was I, when I was looking through and reading kind of your, your story, mm-hmm. I was really fascinated about it. I actually grew up overseas myself. Um, I know what it's like to move around a good bit, but tell us a little bit about your childhood. What did that look like? That is a great question. So I was born in Uganda, okay. um, which is a small country in East Africa, mm-hmm. and there was an evil dictator, lots of turmoil going on, so my family moved to Zimbabwe. Where that almost sounds spent. like a movie line, movie storyline, an evil dictator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was real life for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's even a movie about it, The Last King of Scotland. Okay. Um, but my family moved over to Zimbabwe, where I spent a lot of my childhood. Okay. And my dad wanted better opportunity, so he went to Maine, got his PhD, and then my sister and I arrived in Birmingham, Alabama to join him on his new job. Wow. So he spent time in Maine before you all moved, the rest of the family moved to the States. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you moved to, you were born in Uganda, you live in Zimbabwe, and then you moved to all the places, Alabama. How did you end up in Alabama? I know. My dad got a job there. Okay. <laughs> I know. Okay. So you go where the opportunities are. We're right. immigrants, landed yeah. with two suitcases, and um, I was 10 years old at the time. Okay. So, you know, that's a really challenging time. I'm becoming a teenager. I'm trying to figure out my voice. I'm in Alabama, which wasn't very diverse at the time, very certainly black and white. And a lot of people were like, who is this person? Like, what is going on? Right. I'm trying to figure out who I am. My parents are very Ugandan. They wanted me to hold on to my heritage. And then I'm at school and all the kids are, you know, doing fun things. My parents were like, no dating, no drugs, no this, no, no, no. Get an (laughs) engineering degree, a doctor, become a lawyer, work hard. But that wasn't what I saw at school. And I really wanted to assimilate and feel closer to my classmates. So very challenging. (laughs) And especially as a kid you said 10 years old when you moved to Alabama correct yeah yeah and you're trying to you're beginning to hit that phase in life where you're trying to figure yourself out a little bit mm-hmm. and there's that kind of tug from from home to be Ugandan essentially and then mm-hmm. you're going to school and you're trying to be like your friends and and what ended up winning out did you did you become more like yeah. your friends or did you lean more toward your your original culture 
That was a great question. Ah, you got it. Um, I abandoned who I was. Like, mm. I didn't really tell anyone my last name. I changed the way I looked. As you can hear, my voice sounds not very Ugandan. <laughs> it sounds, you know, um, it is what it is. But I assimilated. I became very Americanized. I didn't okay. really tell people who I am. My goal was to make people feel comfortable and not feel afraid of my heritage. So Interesting. I abandoned it. Yeah. And when you talk about people being afraid of your heritage, I, I mean, your heritage sounds like a fascinating one. But in that particular culture, it was actually intimidating to people? It was. It okay. was. It was a time when... A lot of people were losing their jobs and they felt that they were going towards foreigners. Ah, and so okay. anything foreign was kind of scary. A challenge, like, yeah, uh, yeah, or a threat. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. So you talked about the fact that your your family, uh, maybe your dad in particular, wanted you in kind of the corporate, the professional world going after a particular type of degree or degrees and you actually ended up going that direction initially, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So you've got a couple of degrees. What are those? So, yeah, so I have a chemical engineering degree. Okay. Um, my dad has a chemi chemistry background, always talks chemistry. So it's very natural to do that for me. Sure. Um, and then... Do you still find that interesting? I do. I'm, I'm a geek at heart. <laughs> I'm That's awesome. Geek. Yeah. You're diverse. So. I, I always... What fascinates me about people, one of the things that fascinates me about people the most is contrast. You know, it's very easy to be um, kind of single focused right only focused on one thing or only good at one thing mm -hmm. when people bring multiple talents uh or tendencies to the table they, they might like to go out and experience a really exciting uh adventure high octane mm -hmm. adventure and then yeah. at the same time they might also want to curl up with a book at the end of the day those types of contrasts in your case you're an artist but you also have a chemical engineering degree right. and then an right. mba as well correct yeah i do yep. so you're quite diverse in that sense and and i think that's really really fascinating how then did you end up with these degrees and then somehow transition to know, right? photography what did that how did that yeah happen? that was big 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 so okay honestly only recently did my parents finally acknowledge they've always been like how's that hobby of yours coming when are you gonna like I get totally a real know job? what you mean yes so um, I was working corporate America in marketing and one of my coworkers saw my work I'm a really quiet person and photography is a way to sort of communicate my thoughts and she saw it. it and yes loved it and was like come to Mexico and shoot our wedding and oh wow I know, right? that was your first <laughs> wedding right oh my word that's awesome yeah. okay and I loved it right. I loved it loved it loved it and was like I need to figure out how to make this part of who I am okay um I got lucky I think it's lucky I got laid off and made a decision that no one would ever have that kind of control over how I, f like I gave my heart and soul to the company and it didn't yes. really. So I decided to make the transition into full-time wedding photography. So how did that first wedding go, by the way? I mean, you, you oh, get to go shoot fabulous. your- Really? Okay. Yes, like I'm so quiet in person, but on the wedding day, something like lights up and I'm just different. It just- You go into a mode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And what does that look like? I mean, you're just a lot more outgoing and, and I mean, you have- Borderline bossy. <laughs> That's Keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But one of the things that I've found as a wedding photographer is that you're playing, you end up playing multiple roles, right? Yeah, yeah. You're so a counselor. You're, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, counselor. Counselor, planner. You're managing time. You're managing people's emotions. You're trying to get the shot. There's. And then as a know, photographer, too, yeah, the other thing that's interesting to me is that there are, you end up playing multiple photographers almost right you're you're an architectural photographer you're a portrait photographer you're an event photographer yeah i think a really good 
uh, photographer, wedding photographer, is probably one of the most talented photographers around because you, you do, you're responsible for capturing all these different facets of a particular day that include these different elements, architecture and, mm -hmm. and relationships and portraits mm -hmm. and so forth. There's yeah. a lot there to capture. There's a lot, yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. So did it go really smoothly, that first wedding? Because I think back to my first wedding and I, I actually missed capturing the kiss. I mean, like, if, if of all things to miss, totally been there. <laughs> I missed it. So, but how did yeah. that first wedding go for you? It, it was seemed Smooth like as can it be? was, honestly, it was chaotic. There was a lot of things which didn't go, but I okay. loved it. I okay. was like, I love this chaos. I love, like, I, I thrive. I loved it. It was your game. Yeah. It okay. was my jam, whatever game. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. Side note for everybody listening, uh, I missed the first kiss on that first wedding that I photographed, but the, the couple was gracious enough, gracious enough. I went to them and I said, I missed the kiss. Uh -huh. do, you, do you care if we set, set that up, like stage it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were yeah. really, really kind. So we set it up. We got the shot. And going through the album, the proof album later, you'd never known that we had to set up the kiss shot. But uh, to start a wedding in Mexico yeah. and for it to go so smoothly, that had to been really encouraging and kind of a boost to, to the beginning of this new career that you were delving into. So that's pretty yeah, fascinating. Yeah, now, yeah. one of the things that I love about, I love contrast. We talked about the idea of contrast mm -hmm. a second ago. But... For someone as an individual and then as a business owner to have a really clear position mm. uh, or a really clear vision about who they want to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And then as a business owner, what their business is about, what their mm -hmm. brand position, what it stands for in the industry. I have a lot of respect for that. I also understand from personal experience as well as seeing other photographers in our industry and how they're running their businesses. I understand the significance of having a very clear position. It makes it a lot easier. If nothing else, it makes it a lot easier to market. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And it makes it certainly makes it a lot easier on a day-to-day -day basis because I teach workflow a lot to have a much cleaner, simpler workflow because you have a goal in mind, right? This is what my brand is about. Um, so it makes exactly. running a business, I think, a lot easier overall. But you have a really distinct and very clear yeah. position as a wedding photography brand. Yeah. Tell us what that is. Yeah, so I help multicultural couples celebrate their love in a modern way. Okay. So what does that mean? Break it I down know, for right? us. Yeah. So multicultural, what does that mean? It means anyone who is constantly navigating two different cultural heritages. Okay. Is that, yeah, Absolutely, yeah. And you. talk about what that looks like. Because I know during your workshop yesterday, um, you, you pulled up a picture at one point that you had, a, a I think, a Muslim groom. And yeah, a Jewish, Jewish bride, yeah, or vice Nigerian, versa, yeah, Muslim, Jewish, yeah. So it's all kinds of things. It's not like exactly what you said. It's interfaith. It's interracial. It's multiracial. Anyone who's inherently has different cultures. Anyone who might live somewhere else for a long time, grew up there, and then comes back by, but identifies themselves as the other country. Does that? So you can be American, but yeah. you live somewhere else, and you identify yourself as that other the culture of the other country that you lived in. So. Sure, sure. And what what initially drew you to this this focus? Um, because it's very easy, yeah. especially when you're getting into to starting a photography business, mm -hmm. you're just happy to have any kind of business, right? Was that how it worked for you initially? Or yeah, did you write yeah, it? Yeah, okay. of course. In the beginning, you're, you're just like, just, just like, give me a oh job. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mexico, whatever. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. But and what led you to this place where you wanted to focus on this particular genre of weddings? Yeah, so it's very, very personal because I am an immigrant and okay. for a long time I hid who I was uh, and didn't really celebrate that okay. until I met the Reichmans in Atlanta. They did a sexy business workshop and 
they did not know I was Ugandan. I came in there and was very, I'll keep it real, very Caucasian looking, feeling, talking. Sure. And they were like, what is this, Petronella? We had no idea. You had this part of yourself. And they believe that your power lies in your secret. And my secret was I was hiding the multicultural part of myself. Wow. So, and this is just stemmed from your experience as a child at school trying to fit in. Exactly. And you just kind of maintain that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now I see a lot of people struggle with that, and I just want to help them celebrate, you know, who they are. So. That's really beautiful. So what is a, what is a day? I mean, when you're talking about photographing a multicultural wedding, you're having to mm-hmm. keep up with a lot of different traditions coming from all different directions. What mm-hmm. does that look like? Is that, is that pretty difficult to do? I love it. I love challenges. I love new things. I like adventures, seeing new things, doing new things. So do you have to do research going into a particular style of wedding that you've never photographed before? Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you go about that? Talk to the couple. I ask them, you know, tell me a little bit about your heritage. What are you incorporating? And then I do some research. I Google. I talk to friends of similar heritages or backgrounds and yeah. <laughs> so would you say like the biggest challenge then of photographing a multicultural wedding would be understanding the culture that, that drives that particular day absolutely. or, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any um, other particular challenges that come along with that? Family is big. <laughs> a really? lot of multicultural couples, um, family is like this underlying current, which can affect the whole day, can literally change the whole day, the flow, the, what happens don't even know how to yeah how to explain it it's like timing workflow the mom can come in and be like this is what we're doing and everything can can you know shift at the last minute yeah it's acceptable like it's like yeah and you mentioned this yesterday i think so we're used to and and your kind of typical caucasian wedding Mm -hmm. in a western uh in western culture Mm -hmm. where everything is extremely structured and it goes a particular (laughs) way at every wedding right i mean there may be a little bit of delays here and there but in a multicultural way, wedding you were talking about in your workshop yesterday, that I mean, as you were just discussing mm-hmm. as well, it can change at the last minute, exactly. and that's acceptable. Exactly. So you just have to be ready to kind of go with the flow, mm-hmm. and not and really manage have sort of the relationships or understand. Hey, so one of my last weddings, oh, wow, I don't want to call out the couple, but it was just two different cultures, and one culture didn't understand that the parents and the family have a very strong input how into how things go. Sure, yeah. And so I had to provide that perspective and, hey, we have to get ready like five hours in advance versus if it was a different kind of wedding, three hours in advance. That makes sense. So that makes sense. To manage because I knew that other big element was coming in. So, so with my experience as a wedding photographer, Mm-hmm. I was able to usually work with a couple ahead of time. We were going over a list of portraits, for example, or a list of shots that they <laughs> wanted. And we planned a specific amount of time for, you know, prior to the ceremony, we would do this. And then after the ceremony, we're going to do that. That doesn't really happen at a, at a multicultural wedding, as you're describing. It's it. a little more free-flowing. You okay. may have 10 more portraits to do. You may get pulled aside. And yeah, so I talk How do you make that happen about, then? We talk about, you know, who's important to you, what the different factors. Luckily, I'm very familiar with a lot of different cultures, so I kind of know what's coming, and I may say, hey, let's build in an hour or two buffer time because I know that might go towards mom wanting portraits of every family member, cousins, sisters, or, you know, something else coming Okay, up. Yeah. okay. But that that flexibility is really key. And I think that's interesting. I I mean, honestly, I think that's applicable to all photographers. There's 
it's easy as so-called mm-hmm. artist types. We were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. It's easy for our egos to let our egos kind of get in the way. We, we and, and a lot of photographers, I mean, I hear them talking about how the couple didn't do this or the wedding planner didn't do mm-hmm. this for them. And, it, and they kind of make it about that them. That was me early on, yep. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important, really for all photographers, particularly photographing multicultural weddings, mm-hmm. to set ego aside, figure out how to, well, certainly let let uh, loose of any notion of control <laughs> right learn yeah. how to go with the flow yeah. and focus on just being there for for that couple and, and for that family time, yeah. i think you're going to have a lot uh, photographers as a whole are going to have a lot better experience mm-hmm. and be able to offer a much better finished product as mm-hmm. a result Capture that's really some unexpected moments yeah that's really that's really powerful mm-hmm. wow well i know that in addition to instagram photographers are going to want to to learn more about your story and, yeah. and I'd love to, to kind of point them in the direction of your website. Share your website with us. Yeah, so it's by Petronella, but I also have Petronella Photography. Okay, So both perfect. of those so they lead can into the same thing. And yeah. Awesome, and they can go mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about your story there. I know you yeah. kind of go into it in some detail, which is really awesome. See some more of your work. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sitting down oh, with us and, and having, having conversation, yeah. sharing your story a little bit and talking about what you do. Thank you so much for making time for that. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much, Nathan. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer.